Ari, let me make this very clear to you. You could impeach Trump five more times until the inauguration day, and you know what? It won't change the fact that he was the greatest president we've ever had. How about that? That's exactly what they want to do. They think by impeaching this president, somehow they'll stifle his legacy. They'll reverse his legacy, or as if somehow they could erase his legacy. That's their mantra. That's, that's what they think they can do. They won't, on the, on the contrary. It's like, uh, you know, what, <laughs> when Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Darth Vader, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can ever imagine, right? I, I don't mean to make light of it, but there's something to that. Yeah, we hope that the worst thing that ever happens to the political movement and the cultural movement known as our, in colloquially as our ideological opponents, in a few weeks, months, or a couple short years, wishes that Trump had only won re-election. Yeah, right. that's true. And not founded Trump banks, Trump media, Trump publishing, Trump airlines, Trump this, Trump that, and 80 million people plus flock entirely to that group of industries Yeah, as the I customer mean, base, so right. abandoning Amazon, Walmart, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, every news channel, every cable channel. Just imagine you poor idiots who have just unleashed a torrent like that. Yeah, be careful what you want. You just might get it, right? That's, yeah. the, that's a concept. Look, I think uh, a very interesting conversation I had with a very uh, wonderful rabbi that I know, and he brought up a very good point. Um, maybe you feel the same way, Ari, but I can't help, I couldn't help but notice that during this election crisis, and I really think it was a crisis, um, you know, Trump, he kept on getting, okay, I don't know. They're listening to us again. <laughs> um, he, you know, here's what, at every turn, Trump was pushed away from any consideration of the fraud that happened in the election, right? So I don't need to repeat it to you, but I will just, you know, a couple of salient points. They, they tried to decertify in Wayne County that, and they were threatened if they did so, do so, um, they tried to angle it through the courts, uh, both the lower courts and then, of course, the, the United States Supreme Court. They were uh, thrown off the track there as well. And no court at all looked at any of the merits of this case. None. Okay? They, they defeated it for other reasons, such as standing, uh, such as uh, time bar uh, issues. Um, but the actual look at the um, anomalies and the evidence and such like that, nope, nope, nope. And then, of course, uh, on January 6th, when the objection process proceeded and such, uh, you know, Pence would not do anything. Uh, and not only that, but because of the riot that ensued in the Capitol, uh, there was a, um, uh, a shortchanging of that process, and it was, he was just certified. And thanks a lot, you know, in the middle of the night. Again, everything happens in the middle of the night with the Democrats. They, they, <laughs> they, they dump a lot of ballots uh, at 4 o'clock in the morning, and then they certify the election of... Um, of Biden at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and, and what's, what's been lost in the fog of history is that everything that happened on January 6th was under the shadow of another fraudulent election that we saw live on TV on January 5th. 
Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about any of what happened at the Capitol building vis-a-vis protesters, whoever they were. I'm talking entirely on how the members of Congress and the vice president comported themselves. Yes, yes. Okay, so right. so look, going back to the rabbi that I was mentioning, because he, he brought up a very salient point, and I, I, I kept noticing, as he did, that Trump was turned away at every turn uh, in terms of, it's not as if he won a couple of points here, uh, you know, if this were a basketball game in terms of how to deal with the election and uh, overturning the election, if that were the game, uh, this wouldn't be like they got, you know, 96 points and we got 85 points and therefore they won. No, it was more like they got 100 points and we got zero points. Yeah. Okay, we were shut out. And you have to wonder, I mean, if you saw a basketball game like that, right? Say, you would, yeah, I think the mafia might have threatened a few of the players in a point-shaving scheme. Yes, uh, yeah, and don't even dare to make one single basket. It, it would be odd, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that that in and of itself is odd. It, it is odd, of course, but that's not where I'm going. I'm simply saying maybe, maybe God has something to do with this. We, we say Hashem. So every once in a while, you'll, you'll hear me say Hashem. It's, it's Hebrew means the name. Uh, or it's loosely translated as you know who. Okay? The idea is that we don't like to uh, iconicize, if that's a word, uh, God in the same way that we would think of somebody else. So because we, we believe that God is unknowable, we can't you know, grasp in the same way uh, you know, a computer screen. Or, so we don't want to idolize him that way. We, we, wanna, we, we just we can't pin God down as to what he looks like and, for that matter, you know, what, what he even wants from us. We know what God is not. That's our main mission. Okay. Barack Obama. <laughs> exactly. God, God, that's right. And even more. Anyway, so it, it, it is hard to, to think of anything else other than the fact that it seems like God may have had a hand in this. And, and you would think, okay, well, you mean God doesn't want Trump to be president? You mean God doesn't um, love America? You mean God would want uh, Biden to, to supervise this great country of ours and destroy it? No, 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 no. On the contrary, I think that there was something that was happening. You know, you could argue that perhaps we were idolizing Trump, uh, that we were making him into a little God or a fairly overweight God for that matter, but you get the idea. Hey! <laughs> But Dude likes to you know, it was. It seemed like it was more about Trump than it was about helping the country. So, I'm not saying that 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 was actually what was going on. I don't think people really idolized him that way. But nevertheless, you know, who knows whether the next four years would be more of that? There would be more idolizing of Trump. Um, and so I just don't know the answer to that. Who does? But it does seem interesting. It, it seems like God has a hand in this, as if to make sure that. Trump will not be the president again. It may very well be that Hashem would prefer that Trump is no longer president, but his legacy, his power uh, will resonate for decades to come. We're going to be looking back at the Trump presidency of 2016 to 2020 and say, that was a pretty fan friggin-tastic presidency. Why can't you be like Trump? Trump gave us this. He gave us that. He had the audacity to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He gave us peace in the Middle East. He gave, yeah. Smoke the, the, that the, in your pipe. Yeah, the Abraham Accords and, and so many different countries that he did. Uh, the economy was on such a fantastic roar. And 
you know, there'll be a contrast. When Biden comes in, uh, bad things will happen to the economy. People will be fed up with all the lies and the free speech uh, restrictions. Uh, and if anything, it could very well be that Trump comes back in 2024. It could very well be that maybe Ted Cruz comes in at 2024. Look, I, I will be the first one who wants to believe that there was no or very little cheating going on in the election. I would be the first one to, to embrace that. Why, you say? Because I, I want to believe that we would have a chance then in 2022 and 2024, right? And that's the bottom line. I don't, I, I don't think it was an honest election. I think it was massive, over, uh, massive fraud going on because of all the things that I see with uh, my own eyes. I mean, it's, it's too obvious to me with all the anomalies that something funny was going on here. Just like we said about the, the basketball game. You can apply that also to the win of, of Biden, the quote, the quote unquote one win of Biden in this election. Right. Or what we used to discuss about whether or not Obama's actions were deliberate or accidental. Remember how we used to discuss that? And I would make the point that in baseball, no batter strikes out every time, nor bats a thousand. It gets a hit every time. Right. And if one or the other of those things is happening. Like in this case, why is Obama striking out on every decision on the economy if it, without even an accidental hit? Well, okay, so that's it, a very good point. The point of there's something deliberate going there's on. There's something deliberate going on. And it was too odd. I mean, we've gone through all the anomalies before, you know, winning Florida and Ohio and Iowa by, by massive margins, winning the 18 of the 19 bellwether states, uh, getting uh, 10 million more votes than he had in 2016, one of the greatest uh, growths of, of voting numbers in history, and uh, still somehow losing. All the spikes at all the same time, in, all the shutdowns of counting, all at the same time in multiple states, and all the spikes of ballot numbers correspondingly all in the same time in all different states. Too neat. Yes, Sorry. very neat. Yeah, and, and the liberal cities, and it's, this is a point that you brought up, Ari, before, which I really liked a lot, uh, that the, you know, that the liberals, of course, won in the liberal cities like uh, Detroit and, uh, sorry, like in Los Angeles and Boston and New York City. And I bring up those three cities because they were, none of those were in battleground states. Uh, so, you know, they won in the ordinary course. Um, I'm sure there was some cheating on, but not the massive amounts that they needed in the battleground states. So in the battleground states, the liberal cities like Atlanta and Detroit and Philadelphia, <clears throat> they, they had these, the percentage of wins that they had were so much more than, than there were in Los Angeles and in Boston and New York that you have to say, okay, let's, let's be real here. Anyway, uh, let's move on a little bit because I want to say... Now, this might be, I mean, look, we have no choice but try to, to try to find the silver, um, what's the expression? Right. The gray, silver and the gray lining or whatever it is. Yeah, the, the, the silver lining in the clouds. In the clouds, right? yeah. And so that, that's what we yeah. need. That's what our choice is right now. And the silver in the clouds in the, in the lining is that Trump will, he's already set a precedent in terms of how to run a presidency. See, that's what they're really fighting, I think. They want to impeach him, and they think by doing so, and then hopefully convict him, which that w will not happen. We don't need to get into that. But they want to so sully his name that to bring up Trump as a, a, a paragon of the presidency uh, will just not happen at all. It's as if they want to erase the entire past four years, notwithstanding all the good that he's given. So what they, you know, the best they can hope for is to say, well, 
you know, yes, I agree with you. Trump is a monster. He's the devil. You know, he was a traitor to this country. You know, it was good what he did with the uh, Abraham Accords. You know, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. I think that's what that, that's kind of the mantra that they want to play. Yeah, any president could make peace in the Middle East. It was just an accident that it happened to be him. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, police. They want to say the same thing, however, in reverse, when it, when it came to Osama bin Laden, when, when Obama ordered the kill for that. And I do give him credit for that. Uh, I won't take that away from him. But many of our Republican friends have said, OK, well, that was the, the shot. He happened to be president at the time. And he wanted to make sure there was zero chance of failure on that. Um, and he got, he got Osama bin Laden, and uh, although there was not a perfect raid. But you get the idea. So uh, but when it's the reverse, it's a different thing, right? You know, uh, a, a president, uh, Hillary Clinton, would have gotten the Abrahamic Accords the same way. She would have gotten the economy roaring the same way. Okay, it's, it's all garbage. Look, everything happens for a reason. Hashem is in charge. We look at, and, and why do I want to look at the silver lining here? This is very important. If it were the case that somehow McCain had beaten Obama in 2008 or that Romney had beaten Obama in the re-election bid in 2012, we would never have had a Donald Trump. Look how, I mean, that's the reality, right? Because the reason why Donald Trump came into the scene, let's not forget, was because the conservative base was fed up with the establishment Republicans who are doing nothing. They are saying one thing and just playing ball with the Democrats and always trying to get them to like them. And in the meantime, uh, the liberal agenda was advancing very at a breathtaking pace. And so Donald Trump became elected. And, and we said back then, um, the reason why, I mean, I, I predicted that Trump was going to win uh, was that if you looked at the final four candidates, three of the four were non-establishment. Bernie Sanders, of course, even though he was a senator, that, that alone does not make you establishment. He was you know, crazy. I mean, he was, he's a socialist. Yeah, an oddball from an odd state who happened to get really far. Right. Because Demo- And this is something my brilliant wife points out all the time, which is, and this is one of the silver lining things you'll probably get to later, look how much dissatisfaction with establishment politics exists on the Democrat right. side. I'll get of the to that. Too. Yeah. So the other person was Ted Cruz, of course. He was, you know, although again a senator, he was very different than the other establishment senators. And even more hated by the establishment than even Donald Trump at the time. Right at the time. Which was fantastic news right, for, in the for 2016 the, primary. Right. So so Trump, of course, it goes without saying that he was wildly outside of the establishment and he acted so during his presidency. Uh, then the only person remaining was Hillary Clinton, who was pure establishment. So it was, the odds were very strongly in our favor to win that election. We did win, of course. I think that there was fraud going on there too, but they couldn't stem the tide of the, uh, of the election in favor of Trump. So that's what you have. And that is the reason why Trump won, because the Republicans were so tired of the, uh, the McCains and the Romneys and the Mitch McConnells and, and, and so forth. We needed somebody with a spine, somebody with balls for that matter, and somebody with pure audacity to do things in a different way. And that will be his true legacy. Now, I think that people will be channeling their inner Trumps, especially on the conservative side, as we see things going forward. The big concern I have is that the whole notion of free speech seems to be uh, in in play here uh, and how it's all compromised 
and there are efforts to squash everything. Now, I will say it very plainly that this notion of trying to squash free speech in the name of preserving safety, this game has been played before. And very By the Nazis? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, of course, it's, it's absurd. Uh, and we all know this as conservatives. But it does, you know, em- emblemize, uh, make it emblematic, if you will, uh, the, the notion of how things play out with the liberals. They, they don't realize, of course, they don't want to realize that by squashing our voices, they're only making uh, everyone else into conservatives. They're, no one likes this. Moderate Democrats are beginning to say, I, I'm not buying this crap. Right now, you hear me saying this a lot, folks, but I'm right at every turn. Every time, I, I call them conversion moments, right, where something absurd happens like this, and then the, the Democrats try to squelch it or squelch it, whatever it is. And then, uh, you know, moderate Democrats say, you know, listen, I, I'm all for the Democrat Party. I'm a Democrat through and through and such like that. But this ain't right, right? I mean, presumably, if the Democrat Party went about, you know, shooting every one of their opposition party members like you see in Russia, uh, you would say, OK, I'm not, I'm not jiggy with that, right? Even though I don't, I, I, you know, I embrace somehow liberal policies. OK, fine. But they would not be OK with that. But short of actually shooting their opposition, paper, uh, opposition parties, they're silencing their opposition parties. This is what happens in uh, third countries, in banana republic countries. And I think that Democrats are, are converting en masse. Now, there are a lot of people who are embarrassed to be Republicans because of what happened on January 6th with the riots and such. Yeah, establishment Republicans. Right. I think, I think that they are embracing a knee-jerk response that time, with, with time they'll begin to realize that, you know, they're being played. Yeah. But nevertheless. As always. As always, right. Yeah. But uh, this is really more of a conversion moment for Democrats because now that the Democrats have succeeded in getting the White House and they still have maintaining the majority in, in the uh, in the Senate uh, sorry in the Congress and uh, now getting a kind of a, a de facto majority in the Senate um, now they say okay now let's let's just ramrod everything we can it's it only goes to show what happens when you actually give them the power that they seek so badly uh, and we warn we say look you give the Democrats this kind of power with no check you can expect crazy things and here we are with yeah, the crazy things. Like California, right? Right. Yeah. So they're pressing their advantage. They're now uh, saying that anybody who mentions uh, that the election was stolen uh, will be silenced one way or the other. They're even in Cumulus Radio, which is a very big radio chain. They're saying to Rush Limbaugh, of all people, Mark Levin, of all people, Penn Shapiro, ben Shapiro, of all people, that if they so much as mention their belief that the election was stolen, they will be fired. Okay? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, good, yeah. exactly. What, what do you think uh, Rush Limbaugh's going to do with that? You think he's going to just say, well, okay, look, I, you know, and, and the, the poor man is dying. He's, he's not going to take this uh, line down. He's going to say, look, I'm going to go to another station, and guess what? Tons of my, millions of my, my listeners will come with me. It's not going to be very hard for them to um, move the dial over to a different number. Okay? It's easy. Even if he went just on the internet with a podcast of some kind or a self-maintained um, server 
he's going to get all of his listeners. Yeah, I'll go there. Uh, You'll go there. The man might rush Limbaugh as he could form his own radio station. Yeah. And, and Mark Levin will move over to it. And Sean yeah. Hannity would join him. Good luck, uh, Cumulus. Good luck, Clear Channel. You'd be gone. Yeah, it's a, a strange, it's a strange thing yeah, that they just think. Just like I talked about earlier, how if Trump were to do that to a whole bunch of industries, they'd be gone. Uh, what, 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 what's, what's the expression there's that you can, you know, when you cut out a man's tongue, you don't, you don't prove that he's a liar. You prove only that you're afraid of what he has to say. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. This notion of silencing people. I wonder how many of my Democrat friends, and I have a lot of them, are nodding their heads along with that, if, if they even know that that's what's happening. But let's assume that they know that there's this silencing movement going on. Are they okay with that? I, I, I wonder. I have a ton of Democrat friends who are real liberals. I like, like, they don't even support Biden because he's not authentic or left-wing enough. And they are coming out finally. And look, I never hold it against people for coming on, on board too late or anything. You come on board, you came on board. That's my attitude. And they've all come out for free speech and saying, we're not good with this. We're not for Trump. We're not good with this. And what sort of progressive events talking about silver linings that Trump has spurred over the years, like real big picture, 30,000 feet. Earlier this year, we discussed on this show how the miracle of what Trump did is he finally got Democrats, baited them into taking off the mask and revealing to the world that they're actually leftists. And now he's gotten them to take off the next mask and reveal their tyrants. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And that's what we're talking about. Our Democrat friends are finally seeing for themselves. Yeah. And that actually leads to the next, the next question. There is such a thing as going too far, right? I mean, I, you can go into a conversation and you can negotiate with somebody in business dealings and you go too far and you make demands too much. It, 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 and then it, the other side walks away. Sometimes, for example, if you have a confrontation with somebody in the street, let's say, God forbid, in a, with you know one of these road rage situations, and uh, you get out of the car and you say things, <clears throat> hey, I really wish they didn't cut me off like that, uh, and then he starts barking at you, you know, you can choose to walk away from it or you can choose to escalate, right? And at some point, somebody escalates and then boom, somebody dies. Okay, that's... That's what can happen. Now, what's going on here? Never in the history of our nation have we gotten this far, right? People talk well, about the, 18, the, the, 18, <laughs> the, the, the election of 1800, yeah. okay? That was, you know, but even then there was this kind of gentlemanly approach to it. There was a lot of hostility associated with it. So since 1800, uh, even if you want to declare that to be more hostile, I don't think it was. I think this was, this was more hostile. And there's certainly more people involved and more states involved. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and then there's the, the, the weapon of technology and so on. Anyway, uh, this is what has happened. We are, I've gotten far more violent and, and things have pushed so much more. And when I say violent, I'm not talking about the capital breach. I'm talking about how the left has gotten so violent. Yeah, and Black Lives Matter, the personal threats. The, all that stuff, yeah. yeah. So Where the, were the charges of sedition when they were burning down cities? I know, I'm getting I there, mean, but I'm getting there. But, but the point is that things have, been, have gone so far, and now they're really pressing their advantage, meaning that they have the White House, they have the Senate, they have the, the House, 
And uh, they are going to press their advantage and they're going to show themselves. Just like I already said, uh, they're taking off this mask and they will show you exactly who they are. And, and when they come for your guns, they've, they first gone after the First Amendment, right? Now they're coming after your guns. Now they're, and they're also taking you on, on no-fly zone, uh, a list and yeah, everything well, else, right? I, I think it's... But wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. I, I, let me finish my thought. Um, at what point do people say, no mas, I am fed up with this? At what point do you think that there might be, uh, you know, a fisticuff situation where, like the road rage situation, it escalates to such a point that violence ensues in a big way? Uh, a civil war? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, a civil war. But can it be that we've reached a point where something, there, there'll be, there's a tipping point involved? And I, I dare say that the Democrats, as, it's as if they're pushing us to that tipping point. Like, let's, let's see at what point we can tip this, these, these conservatives, to, to such a point of road rage that we can then point to them and say, look at this rage that you created. But I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't think, I just don't know. Tell I, me. I, I only take uh, an issue with a small nuance of your semantics, which is you say, let's see if. I don't think it's an, a see if. I think it's a deliberate. I think it's a let's keep pushing until this happens. Meaning we're conservatives. We don't want civil war. We don't want violence. We don't want anything. We want a great debate, an argument of ideas, and whoever's ideas are best should prevail eventually for the next era of time until the the next ideas are challenged for the next conversation as life changes. But there's a level of victory along with humiliation um, that's being carried out here that will only end badly. The constant provocations of the normal people, forget whether they're conservative or not, because certainly a lot of people say in Santa Monica who aren't conservative got their businesses torched and looted. But you see, what's going on here with like Trump and the second impeachment, I think it's worthy of saying, is kind of like something you'd see out of Braveheart in which the, the English king kills William Wallace and then they insist on digging up his bones and hanging him again. Why? Just to send the message again, just to humiliate the supporters again, as if that's going to end well. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Yeah, what it reminds me of is all these dictators that, and for that matter, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have to be dictators. It's all these people, it could be a boss that you once knew, where he screamed and yelled, and if you, know, you all knew not to say anything. But his interpretation of you not saying anything was that you agreed with whatever he had to say. Right, and therefore it just kind of escalated. It, it kind of spun. He got no feedback from his people. Right, that's that's what happened. It's like Ceausescu and all the other. My, my favorite dictator, and I put favorite. You know, I use that glibly. Uh, my favorite He's dictator. The most entertaining. Let's just put that. Well, it, it's just because he was so Pollyannish uh, about his dictatorship. He thought, you know, having having told his people to call him dear leader and the sun lord and everything else. And, and then sure enough, the newspapers did exactly that. Then he began to believe it himself that people actually thought that of him. And of course, he silenced all dissent. And as a consequence, he thought that there was no dissent, right? So, um, and, and so when finally the wall came down and the Romanians came to, uh, to, to unseat him, to uproot him, 
and they had a kangaroo court uh, trial of him, and then they had a firing squad. He was so shocked, so uh, bewildered that these people would do such a thing to him that they would actually try him. This is such a farce. And he literally said, along with his wife, who was equally blind uh, about this, said, after all we've done for you. That's the amazing thing. And the Democrat Party is racing toward exactly that mentality. They think that they can silence us, that therefore we won't speak about it, and therefore that the election wasn't stolen. The election was fair and free. And if you keep on saying it over and over again, then the people will believe it, you know, uh, truly themselves. No one's believing that. Yeah, they truly think everyone's that stupid because they accurately believe that their voters are that stupid and their voters are that stupid. Right. And what we, they, we talk about that part. Yeah. And what, we, you see, what they're doing is actually they're giving us more evidence that right. the election was stolen. Yes. Right. Had they just let it ride, had Biden simply said what most... Uh, you know, victors in a presidential election have said, which is, listen, wow, that was a really hard campaign and such, but let me turn to all those who voted against me and let you know that I'm, I'm your president as well, and I'm going to be your president. I'm going to take care of things. Let's, let's unite. Yes, I, I know those are, you know, common phrases, but I really do want to do what's right for America. I know you're with me that we should do what's right for America. I'll listen to your voice. Believe me, I will. Uh, even if he doesn't believe it, that's what you say. Okay. Yeah. So pretend. it's called acting. Yeah. It's, it's and and then you ask for calming and everything else. But instead, this president elect and now he is the president elect, uh, or well, I won't call him president elect. He's the president to be. Okay. He was he wasn't elected, but that's that's a nuance. This president to be. I, I call him the president allege because some allege. <laughs> that's good. How about that? All right. President so the, this president to be the president allege, you know he he's. He's paying lip service to being peaceful, but he's, of course, goading on uh, the Congress to impeach. What he should be saying is, no, 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 stop this nonsense. Uh, It is better for the country to heal and to move forward, and this is not healing. This is only picking at at, at the scab. It's bad for us, bad for, you know, it could affect us in the future as well. Let's move on. Let's wish President uh, Trump the uh, the best. Thank you for your service, uh, President Trump. And I hope uh, that I could count on you from time to time to give you a call and, and see what you think about this or that issue as they come up when I'm president. Yeah, and also, that would be awesome. Right. But he doesn't do anything like that. And, and because he doesn't do anything like that, and, and instead encourages the silencing of opposition views. You can hear I'm getting angry here. Yeah. Because he's encouraging that, it's only making us think, wait, maybe there was some squashing of the election. Maybe there was some cheating. I didn't previously think so. I wanted to believe that there was no cheating. But the way you're acting suggests to me that perhaps you're cheating. Now, remember when they accused Trump of stealing the 2016-2017 election with Rush Hoax? And and Trump's reaction was, I won fair and square. Here's a full airing of all the information. Why doesn't Biden say, look, I won fair and square despite all these allegations. I'm calling for a full audit and the release of everything to prove that I'm a legitimate president so we can have some unity. Right. When it came to Trump's attendance at the inauguration, Biden was asked about it. Instead of saying, you know what, I really wish he'd attend as a show of unity, and I'm personally going to talk to him and invite him and tell him he is welcome at my inauguration, and he's welcome at the White House anytime, like any other past president who served in honor and dignity would be. He said to the media and public, I'm glad he's not coming. 
And we're supposed to believe that this is the compassionate party that wants to move on? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absurd. You know, look, you've got a, a population that really loves Trump and uh, voted for him in a landslide. Yes, whether you, whether you want to uh, repeat that narrative or not, you need to know the reality because you, you did cheat into this election and you got this presidency only by cheating. So you need to understand that you are fighting against a population that overwhelmingly voted for Trump uh, and you can't pretend that they don't exist. And saying it over and over again that this is fair is not going to convince anybody. It's like the guy who... You know, it's cheats on his wife and tells her over and over again, despite what you saw, I ain't cheating on you. Uh, and, and you can say it over and over again uh, about something that was clearly he was clearly caught on. It's not going to change the history. There was cheating going on here. So uh, that's what he's got to deal with. That's his problem. And the presidency of Biden is going to unravel. You'll see it will not be an easy presidency. Well, he's completely incompetent. It's senile, well, in, too. In, incompetent. Can, can I make one mother or run one point by you? Because I sure. don't know. I might have just had a crystallized form of thought that uh, I'm not sure about this one. Let's see what you think about this. I think it might be further indication of absolute proof of election fraud. Um, this. Trump had forget the allegations that was 80 million. Everyone knows he had at least 70 million votes, right? And basic political theory is, hey, I want to win the votes of my base, and I want as many of the other side to see how good I am so they vote for me too, right? Isn't it actually proof of voter fraud that the election was rigged and that they believe all other future elections will be rigged the same way that the Democrat aggregate with Biden, Pelosi, national, local office, in aggregate, are making zero effort whatsoever to appeal to that gigantic base of voters in any way possible, which tells me they have one of two plans for us. The complete um, dismantling of our reputations and possibly rounding a bunch of us up to scare us into never voting again, or the, the excommunication of us from the electoral process, which has got a higher bar of proving in reality, or more likely, they know all future elections are going to be rigged the same way, so we don't need to worry about those voters. That's right. Well, I think, Is that a- I, I think it's a very astute comment and very astute observation. Look, they also want to do the no-fly zone thing. No, not not no-fly no zone. No-fly list. No-fly list. They, they, that, for having a conservative thought. Look, they, what they're really trying to do here, and this is where we're going to end, uh, is they want to normalize leftist thought. And I'm not talking about liberal. I'm talking about leftist thought. They want to normalize that and they want to demonize uh, moderate conservative thought. So even if you believe in simple things like limited government, uh, you know, very limited gun control, um, if, if any gun control at all, uh, that you love free speech and such, that that is in and of itself seditious and violent and unconstitutional, and you are to be banished if you believe in those things. Yeah, for that is where they're right. for polite society. That is where they're going. Now, the good news about all this, guys, and this is where I'm ending, is that life has a way of working out much more so toward justice than you may think. So yes, I would prefer Biden not to be president. Somehow I think that God has a hand in all this. I know that God is in charge. That, that, that's a given for me. But there are many silver linings in this 
very dark cloud that we are seeing coming. Things are going to turn about for us in a way that you and I, Ari, and, and for that matter, our listeners, they can't see right now. I just know that it's coming. I know God loves this country. I know it. I know that great things are headed our way. There may very well be a huge new conservative movement afoot where we will all develop a collective backbone for the first time in many decades. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.